0: Hey, it's Rob. Today's conversation with Jeff Munn is a mastery level conversation for self-creation and overcoming obstacles that stop you. I encourage you to take note of the language we use in this episode, the framing or reframings and open yourself to where more power could be accessible for you. And if you're ready for the next level as a creator, entrepreneur, or coach, schedule time to be in conversation with me. You can go to CressyCreating.com. That's C-R-E-S-S-Y, creating.com. Enjoy. What's good? It's Rob Cressy, and welcome to Built for the Game, where we talk about the systems for creating a better life. And joining me today is Jeff Munn, Master Creator, coach, and one of my favorite people that I have met recently. You're all in for a treat.
1: Jeff, super excited to be jamming with you. Hey, Rob, I am uh, so excited to be here. Happy, uh, well, it's Monday morning when we're recording this, so it's like fresh, new week starting, all this energy. Let's go. Yeah, and...
0: Let's start with the energy, and Jeff, you and I met in person for the first time about three weeks ago in Santa Monica at the Creating Love and Power experience, and you were part of my crew. We had a crew of four of us, Uh, you, me, Hakeem, and Al, and we were having almost every meal together. We were being in conversation together, and- You've been an absolute blessing in my life in four days. Now, I think you would receive the um, running hot award where like (laughs) I didn't I didn't know that Jeff existed. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, boy, do I love Jeff. And I would love to start with our creating love and power experience, because what we're going to naturally do is unpack some things that we've experienced, whether it's perspectives um, some things that we created that will help all of us create a better path to a better life. But I'm curious from your perspective, uh, was there a breakthrough or anything that you experienced during that event that has really resonated with you a few weeks later?
1: Yeah, there were, there were a couple of moments and, and I'll, I'll talk about one uh, where, you know, I got an opportunity to spend some time with uh with uh JP and with Rich Litvin who was also part of the event and and JP I have been a client of JP's I've been a client of Rich's it was kind of this you know reunion if you will and what I noticed was I had all these doubts these struggles that like routinely come up and get in my way and it's like old stories and I mean both of them looked at me and basically said what are you talking about you're doing great you've done all these things you've created this business for yourself and i and i realized that i i tend to think about the now and about the future about what's coming and i don't think about or i discount all the things that i've done in the past and it was it just hit me i was like oh i've got like you know I, you know, my my personal development work started in probably nineteen, well, before nineteen ninety six. But I started meditating in nineteen ninety six. I started managing and coaching people in nineteen ninety eight. So I've been doing this stuff for a long time. I've worked with a lot of teachers. I've done a lot of events. Uh, explored a lot of different modalities, and it's just like, oh, I can actually. Wh- why do I sell myself short on that? And that really hit me. And I came away from it feeling like, oh, I can actually own my story. And that was pretty powerful.
0: Well, yeah. And that's amazing. And it really resonates with me because I think everybody experiences this. And for me, logically, the way that I think about my own personal growth and development, uh, there was a book that changed my life, The Power of Consistency by Weldon Long. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that he said, and I'm paraphrasing, is the reason that so many people don't live their dreams is because they just don't spend enough time on their dreams or living in their dreams. And as we're recording this in December 2023, we know the new year is about to come, and that's when everybody creates their brand new goals. But traditionally, as the statistics go, most people... They just don't follow through with them a few weeks later. The people who listen to this podcast or watch this, we are not those people, but it doesn't mean that we're immune to not following through on things. So once I had that, I was like, well, that actually makes logical sense. So Weldon Long just said, go and create a consistency practice where every single day you're living in your dreams. And I think self-creation 101, a language that Jeff, both you and I speak, this is something where every single day we know there's an opportunity for us to create ourselves into the best version of ourselves. The story that we tell ourselves, the powerful truth of who we are. So then you say, all right, let's reverse engineer that and say, what is the consistency practice that we want to create every single day that will help us become that and among other things what is the consistency practice for remembering the good things that we've created in our life knowing that it is so easy on an everyday basis for us to live in our fears judgments, self-limiting beliefs on top of the world shooting arrows at us of comparison not enoughness marketing attention so everything's coming at us which is why i believe people like you and i are so fanatical about our processes because of how important this is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, you know, it's there's definitely a creating piece to it. There are things that i do on a daily basis, that i do on a weekly basis. A lot of it is about writing and creating content and reminding myself what i think, what i believe. But that reminding piece, that remembering piece, is really important for me when I, you know, I'll get caught up in a moment of like, oh, I'm a little nervous about, and it's like, wait a minute, I've done this, this, and this, I can do this, this, and this, that, that reminding, that remembering is really powerful for me.
0: Yeah. And one of the things, one of the one-liners, a note that I took from the experience was everything that I've created up until this point has actually kept me safe in a good way from the not living in the fear. And I guess another good book around this is, uh, Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan's the gap in the gain. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Oh, so good where, and I actually put this in my 2026 vivid vision because living in the gain immediately, I get that. And it's so easy to live in the gap of where we are not versus all of the things that we've created, and it really helped me uh, anchor in my power when I realized how safe I actually am to be getting to this point, not in a I don't do risks, but more in the I'm not enoughness standpoint that no, man, look at all that you've created to get to this point and the safety that you've built all along the way.
1: Right. 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 Yeah, those, those things. And I actually work with a lot of my clients on that. I've got one client I'm thinking of in particular who he loves that book. He loves the follow-up book, um, 10X is Easier Than 2X. It kind of takes that and builds on it. Um, but that idea of, you know, we tend to evaluate ourselves against this idealized version and then feel bad. And then think, you know, oh, well, the way to get better is to like beat myself up because I'm not this idealized version of myself instead of looking back and saying, hey, wait, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, even a year ago, I was a totally different person. And look how far I've come. And 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 of course, I can do this next thing because I've done I have this history of doing these types of things. So I think that builds into that safety point that you're not necessarily, you know, I I tend to equate safety and like a lot of our actions, our instinctive actions tend to keep us safe by keeping us small. And you're talking about something different. You're talking about creating safety by by building up your own capabilities and abilities so that you're protected no matter what happens. And that's a whole different kind of safety.
0: and to me, this is the work. That being an entrepreneur and burning the ships, where you say, What's the plan B? I'm like, I'm the plan B. There there is no (laughs) plan B. Like, this is it. This is why we do the work every single day. This is how you create this state of being because you are all in. So, yeah, it's a very unique way of of saying the word safety because it's really uh, removing the not enoughness or the scarcity from ourselves. And instead of safety actually being a power, not a limitation.
1: Yeah. So that phrase, and you and I haven't talked about this, Rob. So I think it's really interesting that you use that phrase, burn the ships. It, it is something that I consciously did. So I lost uh, uh, my last corporate job. I got laid off in 2016. And between 2016 and 2017, I decided to go out on my own as a coach my family decided to move from Washington, D.C. to this little town, Carbondale in Colorado where we are now. It's uh, close to Aspen. It's beautiful, but it's only like 7000 people. And for me, burning the ships was moving to an area that had no jobs that were anything like the former job that I had in the corporate world. So it was like I had to make it on my own as a coach. I, I consciously and some might say stupidly but it has worked out. I, I took away all the other options so that I could only focus on this. I love
0: that and the some may stupidly to me that's irrelevant to the conversation because <laughs> yeah. we're li- we're it's a one of one living, right? Because by design we are creating a path that nobody else does or very few and that's actually one of the reasons why Uh, I feel so connected to you immediately, you, Al, and Akeem, is because we created an instant safe space with each other where we're all champions for each other. We've all done the work. We're all master creators. We're all coaches. We all help people uh, be their best, create everything that they want in their life. And because of that, there's a certain one candor that happens to... A certain way that we lead with our heart in the name of service. And it was refreshing to me because the the four of us went to dinner and had one of the most magical dinners ever to the point where halfway through we had to stop and say, is this the best sushi we've ever had in our life? And to go through uh, multiple hours of conversation and eat the best thing you've ever had in your life and not realize it because the, the conversation was so good. But I think that's what makes you so beautiful and amazing is you are a one of one and it doesn't matter what anybody else says or thinks about it because that's why we are all on these unique
1: journeys. Uh, Thanks, Rob. And I I relate to the same aspect in you, your energy, what you bring to the table, your positivity, all of that. And uh, yeah, it was an incredibly special night. And even though every one of our journeys has been different, and we're all in a little bit different place with respect to those journeys, we could relate to ourselves on that level, because we had each, in one way or another, been willing to say, yeah, I'm going to risk it all on this, because I really believe in." this and i really believe in myself yeah and i would
0: like to think that a lot of people ask about the very beginning like the moment when you burn the ships and to me that wasn't a thing for me because my dreams were on the other side of me burning the ships and i was leaving a corporate job that i didn't wake up every single day looking forward to doing so there was no trying to convince me to do it like i'm sitting there being like I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to jump until I did. And to me, that has become a superpower because 13 years ago, I was not this person. I was not Mm self-aware. I did not have a growth mindset. Uh, Yes, I've always had a certain energetic vibe to me, but what makes it so simple for me is that I'm no longer working in a fifth, third bank call center making $10 an hour, slinging (laughs) inbound home equity loans, having just graduated college with a marketing degree, thinking I'm going to work for an ad agency living my dreams, unemployed for a year and a half, broke, living off a credit card, and I get a job in a call center. So if anybody ever says, like, why in the world are you the way that you are? Because I know what it's like to live a decade of my life not doing what I love.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And for me, I, I had a little bit of a different issue. Uh, my corporate career, I mean, I did move around a little bit. I made two I, I mean, I started out at a law firm. I I realized about five years in, you know, they were beginning to talk about you're on the partner track, we like you, blah, blah, blah. And I was looking at the partners and they weren't they weren't happy. And so it's like why if, if the if the reward is this thing that no one really seems to like why would i do that so i made a shift there made a couple other shifts along the way um but it was always i mean i'll talk a lot with people about the curse of good enough like it didn't suck i i really enjoyed parts of what i was doing um i was getting paid well i mean i you know i i was on the two-year plan to go become a coach for about 6 years because I couldn't quite bring myself to say okay I'm going to I'm going to um, give up on this 80% solution and go for the 100% solution and I can relate to that really being hard for people because it was really hard for me
0: what was the thing that helped you because someone's listening right <laughs> well so it was essentially forced burning the ships right
1: well, that was, I mean, I could have gone back and tried to get a job doing this, you know, doing similar things that I was doing, but that was, that was like the wake up call. That was like the cold, you know, slap across the face, like, Hey, what are you doing? And it was like, Oh, okay. Now that I have that first little bit, the rest of it became a lot easier because I saw not only what I was doing, but what what the universe seemed to be doing on my behalf. Like I had this gift from the universe. I got fired. I got some severance. I had some other stuff kind of coming into line. I had runway to start a business. It was like, it was like, everything was saying, Hey, you've been saying you want to do this thing. Here's everything you need. Are you going to do it? And I decided to say yes. And, uh, you know, if I, I I really envy people who can do uh, what I did, but without the kick in the pants from the universe. I, I I think that's amazing.
0: What I love that you said is two words. I saw. So you were living in your vision in one of the yeah. biggest challenges, and this is true whether... Uh, you lose a job or you're going through a tragedy or or tough times in your life or your business is your ability to reframe the obstacle into an opportunity. So the language that you used was a gift from the universe. And it can be very incongruent when what you're experiencing in your everyday life being very challenging, being very hard, where you can feel the anxiety in your body, where these thoughts loop in your head on an ongoing basis. And for many of us, uh, we live that for a day, a week, a month, years, or decades of our lives, and doing the work to where you can use your vision and say, I can take what I am currently perceiving as limiting me or slowing me down, or taking me the opposite of where I want to go and turn it into a gift and a blessing. And and for me, this is actually a skill set that you can create and cultivate. And I know this because I did it early on in my entrepreneurial journey. So I Mm -hmm. sat there and I asked myself one question. I said, what will stop me from making my dreams happen? It's a very simple question. And the answer is only one thing. I quit. I quit. If I the people who give up don't make their dreams happen therefore I became someone who specialized in not giving up. I then became aware enough to say all right this one of one journey that you're going on as an entrepreneur is going to be filled with fear, judgment, self-limiting beliefs, obstacles, obstacles you see, obstacles you don't see, relationships and everything in between. Therefore I am going to specialize in getting comfortable being uncomfortable because that is the thing where that'll guarantee that I don't give up. And the book that changed my life, and I say this often, is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday because it really reframes adversity. What stands in the way becomes the way. And your ability to create a lens for yourself for the thing that most people believe is stopping them And you see that as the thing that actually propels you to the next level. And for me, this is a mindset, a lifestyle and a way of being because this never ends in life. We know there is gonna be nonstop adversity on the horizon. So our ability to create with it instead of having us limit it is a game changer.
1: Yeah, 100%. And and another way of of saying that, yeah, the, I, I love that book too. It's been a while since I've read it, but it's, it's one of those books where you can get like 90% of it just through the title. It's one of the things that I love about Ryan Holiday's books. But you know, another way, it, it's like a reframing of what failure is. Like I've been through so many things that people would call failures, especially in growing my business, like who I thought were going to be my clients initially. And it's not failure, it's just data. And so if something doesn't work, you try something else and you just keep going. I mean, there's this famous story about Edison. And I can't remember whether Edison tried a thousand times or 10,000 times to invent the light bulb. It depends on which source you read. But um, he said, I didn't I didn't fail 10,000 times. I learned 10,000 things that don't work. And, And if you can come at it from that perspective and stay focused on what your goal actually is, Then I think it becomes a lot easier instead of to say, oh, I tried once or I tried twice or I tried three times. It must not be meant to be. It's like, no, you get to determine that just by your own determination and your own willingness to keep trying and keep trying different things.
0: And Jeff, what I love about our conversation that we've had so far and are going to continue to have is this is going to be circular where the things we talk about touch each other. Because mm-hmm. this is why we create a consistency practice to feed our minds with the things that serve us, a.k.a. the things that we've previously done in the past that can help us create this mindset when adversity inevitably happens. And Jeff, I think this is a great transition to something that you said that Mm -hmm. is probably one of the most impactful things that I took away from our creating love and power experience. And one of the great things about this experience was it was a safe space. There's 25 master creators and coaches there, all there to uh, support each other to be more powerful creators, to create everything that we want in our life. And as part of that, we are willing to have the tough conversations, to look inside at the things that are not serving us or that are stopping us from creating more of what we want in our life, similar to what you mentioned at the top in your conversation with JP and Rich. But what you said was, the obstacle that is in the way is I can't take action when I am afraid. And I heard that and I highlighted it because it was one of the most true statements that I had ever heard because it was so relatable to me. And you can be both a master creator and a coach and still be challenged by all of the same things that we can help people with because somewhere inside each of us, We're not perfect. We're anything but perfect, but we've created systems and processes and ways where we can create. So can you unpack that a little bit more? Because there's so much inside of me that that resonates with as a creator.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I really saw in that time together, and it was a little bit of it was the outgrowth of the conversation with, with, with uh, JP and with rich is this idea that it's just not true that I can't take action if I'm afraid. I take action when I'm afraid all the time. I mean, when you think about, you know, we all have a fear of public speaking that takes a little while to get over. I mean, I, for the most part, look forward to, to public speaking now. I look forward to being on podcasts, to being in conversations with people like you. And there's this you know, there is this excitement and this energy that I can, if it gets to a certain level, interpret as fear. But it doesn't keep me from answering a question or having a conversation or in a different context, reaching out to someone or saying something provocative. If I'm trying to challenge them as a coach, that fear does not prevent me from doing anything. It, it can make it uncomfortable, but it's not. Unless I'm like literally paralyzed and catatonic from fear, which is very very rare, um, it doesn't prevent me from doing anything. And just recognizing that in in what you are doing, in what I am doing, um, you know, Hakim Al, a lot of the folks at the event, we are habitually challenging ourselves and putting ourselves out there and putting ourselves out on the edge of discomfort a lot more than your typical person is so you know you were saying we get to a point where we can handle it and it's like well maybe yeah but to me that's a sign it's like oh i'm if if i'm if i'm not afraid of something at least two three times a week it's a sign that i need to keep stretching and keep trying new things because there's there's more boundaries there's more edges to explore so i i love that idea of almost seeing the, the fear, it, you know, the obstacle is the way, well, for me, like the fear is the way, the fear is the path. There is, you know, there are things that you're afraid of because they're, you know, there's a saber tooth tiger in the bushes or whatever, but there are things also that, you know, there's that, could I really do that kind of, <gasps> and, and it, it t- kind of takes your breath away and it's fear combined with excitement. And for a lot of people, they instinctively step back from that. And I have trained myself over time to explore that and be drawn into that and kind of push myself into that.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's something that I've been very intentional about creating in my own life. And at the same time, I believe it's something that I still actively work on to this day. And here's some simple things that someone can do. Number one, take an improv class absolute mm-hmm. game changer for me in my career moved to chicago it just so happens that i lived across the street from second city the top yeah, uh, comedy training center in the world and i never set out to become a comedian but instead to learn this skill set of one so that i could apply it to everything that i create in my life and i would highly encourage everyone if you've ever thought about it take an improv class it's an absolute game changer And then there's some simple quotes that I think about. Uh, You know what's on the other side of fear? Nothing. And then there's a quote from Steve (laughs) Harvey that says, the dream has to be bigger than the fear. And these are things that, once again, consistency practice. Well, there's also the consistency of of a quote that reminds me of something and the best one of all, and it makes me so uncomfortable, and I even, I won't say I get upset when it pops into my head because I actually do the thing, but I was watching Shark Tank, and Mark Cuban was telling a woman why he was not going to invest in her company, and what he ultimately said is, I just don't believe you're willing to do whatever it takes to succeed, and I heard that through my entrepreneur lens, and it went right through me, because I envisioned myself as that woman on Shark Tank. So then as I walk around life, if there's a moment in which I have a thought, and then the next thought is, no, don't do it, the little birdie comes in of Mark Cuban saying, are you willing to do whatever it takes to succeed? And where this really, I learned this the hard way, was when I was building Bacon Sports, uh, my sports blog that turned into a sports marketing company I was doing a lot of guerrilla marketing, so I would carry uh, cards around with me to get people to the sports blog. And who is my target demographic? Sports fans. And living in Chicago, sports fans everywhere. So I said to myself, if I see anybody wearing a sports hat or shirt anywhere, I'm on the train, I'm waiting to cross the street, boom, brief interaction, I'm giving them this. So inevitably, what would happen is... Uh, I'm just going about my day, listening to a podcast, jumping on the train to go see a friend. And then I'll look up and I'll see a guy uh, wearing whatever, a Colorado Buffaloes hat or uh, a Utah Jazz shirt. And my mind goes, Rob, go talk to him. And then the second thought goes, no, man, you're listening to a podcast. He's reading a book or he's standing there. And then like in my mind, all of this is happening. I'm like, oh, I so don't want to just go and talk to this person. And then I'll just take a step back for like two seconds. And then the little birdie pops up. Rob, are you willing to do whatever it takes to succeed for Mark Cuban? And that's when I take my headphones out. I walk up to him like, hey, man, I see you wearing Colorado Buffalo's hat. What do you think about what Deion Sanders is doing there now? Boom. And I was like, hey, I run this sports blog, making Sports, give them a card in and out in one minute. And I've done that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in all areas of my life. Is it comfortable?
1: No. Do I get more more, comfortable than it used to be though?
0: Well, you get more comfortable taking the action and not listening to the self limiting voice. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't get that you're, you're learning and you're experiencing by doing, and it's actually teaching you who you are by doing not that we still don't feel the same fear.
1: Right? Yeah. You know, um, I love the improv story. Um, and you know i lived in chicago for a number of years very familiar with second city um i had a a couple thoughts on that one is i think the philosophy of improv like the first rule you learn in improv is yes and right and i think yes and is a great rule for life whatever happens to you it's not like oh no no gonna gonna recoil from that gonna stay away from that it's like yes and what can i learn from it what is the opportunity That is behind this, that it's teaching me. Um, The other thing, uh, you know, I I do this in a little bit different ways in my life. I try to regularly uh, learn a new skill that I haven't learned before because I ask my clients to take on things that are new and I don't wanna ever forget what that's like. So for the last six months, I have, uh, you know, I've never, I I grew up singing, but I never learned a, a, a a musical instrument, and my son uh, decided to stop playing his saxophone. I was like, I've got a free saxophone now, so I've been learning to play the saxophone and starting from like ground zero and all the awkwardness and the squeaks and the whatever. And now, even six months into it, like how far I've come just in six months of applying myself day after day after day. It's a it's a great reminder of the power of habits and practices and and like this exponential impact that they have if you can just do something regularly like you were approaching you know the person with the colorado buff's hat or whatever you had this rule and you and whenever it showed up you trained yourself to do this thing and you saw the benefit of that in many different ways it wasn't just that you were growing your your blog it was growing you as a person who was like actually able to have these impromptu conversations with anyone about what you were up to in the world.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, there's three words that I wrote down that I think really get to the core, at least of the way that I feel being uh, afraid. So the obstacle that is in the way is I can't take action when I'm afraid. And if yep. we put on our business lens, whether it's business, marketing, clients, revenue generation, I think the three words that may pop up the most are, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. That we yeah. create this story that I don't know how to. So what you're experiencing with the saxophone can feel very low stakes. Like you're not going to look at that saxophone and be like, oh my God, I don't know. That thing's just way too scary for me. But when it comes to our businesses or our personal growth or our relationships, I think about people with marketing or podcasts or content or creating offers or creating communities. And this is even me speaking about me myself. The, I don't know how to really masquerades the, I'm afraid to fail that no one's going to show up and sign up for my offer. And I'm going to air quotes, waste my time on this thing where I put it out and no one's gonna do anything. So I'm gonna say, I don't know how to create a community or create a coaching program because I've never done it. But really it's, I'm afraid that no one's going to sign up. So now I'm just afraid to take action because I don't know what the right action is to take. And yeah. I wanna be doing things that are going to create what I want in my life, which sort of takes us to the other version of safety, not the one that we were talking about.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's really interesting how many different words show up as, they're, they're really just disguised forms of fear. I don't know how disguised form of fear. Um, I'm too busy right now. It's not practical. I have to be reasonable. Who am I to like, there are all of these phrases that we tell ourselves to kind of calm ourselves down and give ourselves an out for not taking the action that scares us. And they look rational and reasonable. And so we, we tend to believe them, but they're really just, you know, that disguised fear, that rationalization for not taking action.
0: All right, Jeff, so we both experience this as coaches with other people saying this around working with us. They will give us reasons why if they don't, uh, yeah. I don't have the time, to- now is not the I'm right time. I'm too busy time. right now,
1: that's my Too favorite. busy right, oh yeah, when I'm too busy right down. now. <laughs> well, like, right. When is the last time things settle down? Because you're actually creating that. So, you know, that was that's what we would work on. so
0: i'm 100 about that life with you is that relatable or let's dive into the person who's experiencing that because you and i can see the lens because we know that it's a self-created lens how do you guide someone through it because someone who says uh now is not the right time and, and you can see we we get to work on the relationship of time for you but how are you creating with that with them
1: I'm so, so say the question. Again, so I when want somebody right vocalizes
0: answer. that to you, uh, mm-hmm. I have too much going on right now. Now is not the right time in these disguised words for fear, which we can see a mile away. So you're right. not just going to say, all right, cool. You're right. You do have too much going on right now. That's not yeah. going to. So now they're not going to work with Jeff. What do you say with them to stay in that to help create that bridge to get them to the other side? Because if they're experiencing that, someone listening right now is likely telling them that story around what they would like to create in the self-limiting belief that they are saying and believing at the same time.
1: Right. It is. Um, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about this question on several levels. And why I was asking you that is because I was going in into my head because there's like one version is like they're creating that. But another version of it is that I'm creating that. and And like and how do I stop creating people showing up to me as I'm too busy to get coaching. So it's like like there's this meta conversation that's really interesting to go down that, that path and so i will say i don't i i have a relatively low level of success with a person in that space because the reason they're typically saying yeah, i'm just too busy right now is that they're afraid they're in this amygdala hijack they're in a physically a different space where they are unable to see something and i cannot get them to see that as long as they're in that space so if anything's gonna work it's gonna be helping them slow down enough to see that they're the ones that are creating it and that can be tricky you know depending on how amped up i've got a i've got a client and and you know she and i talk on sunday nights because she's too busy to talk any other time and we have been working on now granted she's doing a lot she's in the process of selling her company she's working with outside investors she's got a lot of stuff going on and she's creating a lot of it and and last night we finally had a little bit of a breakthrough where she slowed down enough So this is someone who hired me despite her being busy right she slowed down enough to begin to see oh i could actually if if i get to this point i can actually hire people to help me and my life will be a lot more sane and boy that would feel great and until last night she didn't even see that as a possibility so so it's a little bit of grace and it's a little bit of just continuing to poke to prod to use different words to provide different examples all in the direction of how do you how do you slow down how do you pause how do you just open up just enough space to see something a little bit different than what you're habitually seeing
0: yeah I love that especially the word uh, see that as a possibility because yeah. that's the key of all of this for for me, vision is at the top of the foundation. I mean, as Tim Grover would say, everything's labeled number one, but vision is at the top because uh, when you can see a possibility for yourself, now we can live in that world and now we can build out that world. And one of the declarations that I created through my time in Creator Circle was I am a freight train of possibility. And actually, it was all around me holding my clients to the standard that I have for myself as someone who creates unlimited possibilities. Because one of the things that can be easy to do is for, for Rob and Jeff to live to a certain standard, but then if the people we're working with aren't living up to that standard that we can just sort of let them go by on that versus truly stepping into their power and it doesn't mean you're going to be Robert Jeff, but we can see something for them that they want, that they say they want to create, that they are not accessing. So for me, I'm a freight train of possibility, boom. I'm creating that in myself to create that for my clients, because ultimately that's why we are there for them to be champions for them in all of the possibilities they want to create in their life.
1: Yeah. You know, what just occurred to me is. There's a reason these people are talking to us in the first place, so they on some level. They know this is a possibility. And then that fear disguised as the rational mind, disguised as, oh, I'm too busy right now. I've got too much going on. Gosh, it would be great to relook at this in six months. That shows up and looks really reasonable. And if we can only remind them, it's like, well, wait, why are we in this conversation in the first place? Like on some level, you know, this is a possibility. Otherwise, it would not have looked attractive to even be in conversation with me.
0: Yeah, and I was sharing this with Akeem. I talked to him last week. I was on a call where I did a series of three calls, and leading into the third call, my intuition said, Rob, go back and audit in my, trans- in my notes all uh-huh. of the things they said they wanted, and then also go back and list all of the obstacles that they either spoke or that I saw. So I decided to throw away the script of what uh, the, the third call was, air quotes, supposed to be. And I was like, would you be interested in, in going through an experience of, of hearing what you said to me of what you would want, as well as the obstacles that you have said are stopping you from creating that? And of course, they said, yes, I would love to do it. And we went through the want, and then we went through the obstacles and they received it very well, and they were actually inspired that that I would go and take the time to create this thing, but here's what I learned when it came to the decision-making at the end of, all right, are you ready to commit to yourself to create all of what you want? Here's where the fear of being the person who lived in the obstacle popped out, So even without realizing it at the time, like Eminem and 8 Mile, I was sharing, here's your vision, here's what you have told us that is stopping you, and then when it comes from decision-making time, which world are you going to live in? The one who wants to create these things that you said, or the obstacles, and it's like, you know what, I need to think about it. And I was like, well, are you thinking about it from the person who's creating what you want, or thinking about it from
1: (laughs) all of the things that are stopping you?
0: And yeah. guess what? The answer was, of course, it was the limiting one. Because I, I need 24 hours to sleep on it. It's like, well, what did I not answer for you? And uh, I get it too. And that's a thing. We completely understand this because we've been through the experience ourselves. And creating new ways to help people step into their power and see that vision for themselves. I really think that that's a lot of what this conversation is about because. We are active for practitioners of this on a regular basis,
1: right? Yeah, and and I have pointed out to people before um, how sleeping on things has gotten them in trouble in the past. Like it seems like that's it seems like that's how we got here. Is that you decided whenever something that you really wanted showed up to talk yourself out of it by sleeping on it or doing something, you know, to make sure you were being realistic and practical and all these things. (laughs) 100%.
0: And and it sort of makes me laugh, making sure I'm realistic and practical where once again, this is uh, the way we use our language. I just published a podcast last week about living in your language, how you can make one word mean something else. It's an orange is a color or orange is an orange and it was actually all around my creating love and power experience around I am nothing. Rob, careful. Don't call yourself I am nothing. Are you okay? Versus seeing nothing not being the negative one, I'm afraid to take action because I don't know what I'm doing. And seeing it as the blank canvas that opens the door to I can create anything with unlimited possibilities when I come from a place of nothing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Love it.
0: So, Jeff. Really enjoyed my conversation with you. You're someone who inspires me. And what really inspires me about you is your presence because you and I have different uh, ways of being from an energy level. And Mm -hmm. I oftentimes say this, that everyone doesn't need to be uh, as up, I guess you'll say, as me. And I appreciate you because I know you've done the work Your heart is so good. I can feel your wisdom like uh, a rich uh, mahogany tree or as Ron Burgundy would say, um, these leather bound books and whatever the quote (laughs) is. I I feel that in you. And that's what I love about you is this perspective that you come from because you are a champion for others. But you live this, so thank you so very much for being you and giving me the opportunity to create with you, both in this podcast as well as over the four days of Creating Love and Power. I truly enjoyed it because you're a special person.
1: Oh, well, thanks, Rob, and I, I feel the same way uh, about you, and, and yes, I noticed the contrast in our styles and in the way we show up, and we seem to fit really well together, and I really enjoy that and really appreciate that about you.
0: Contrast and styles, way better way of saying what I was attempting to say. Uh, perfect there. So Jeff, where can everybody connect with you and find out a little bit more about what you do on the coaching side?
1: Uh, so the easiest way is to just send me an email, jeff at jmon.com. Uh, my website is jmon.com. I do a lot on LinkedIn. I'm in the corporate world a lot working with founders but also working with people who are founding coaching businesses i'm i'm finding myself helping a lot of coaches who are just getting started out because i understand that journey and i really believe we need more coaches like creating sustainable businesses for themselves because i mean just think of the potential if we all were really doing what lit us up how much a better world it would be. And I feel like coaches are the gateway for a lot of people to that kind of action in the world. So those are amen, a couple
0: ways. Amen to that. And I would love to hear from you about this episode. Was there anything that we talked about that resonated with you or caused you to take action? You can hit me up on Instagram or LinkedIn at Rob Cressy. Sending tons of good vibes your way. Hope you have yourself. An amazing rest of the day.